welcome to the Fence End Podcast. Sorry it's been so long since we did a podcast. Um, and genuinely, we haven't just been waiting for a win. We've recorded this same podcast. Uh, this is the third time now, isn't it? And each time there's been an issue with the recording. But hopefully this time it'll be sorted. And uh, if all goes well, we should be able to record um, either once a fortnight or once a week. So hopefully you'll be hearing more from us um right so who have we got with me today uh we've got paul to my right uh hello. we've also yep thank you uh we've got fraser hello fraser hello and simon hello simon hello hello um and i'm liam uh just for the purpose of the of the pod uh right so um you're always liam though aren't you not not just for the pod well i'm actually an actor <laughs> so it does often change um back at the beginning of the season we didn't start too well did we uh and it's still not all roses we we had the the four losses and then we beat burton quite comfortably um but we couldn't tell if it was burton uh playing badly or oxford playing well and then burton did uh, did quite well in the next few games. We sort of assumed that we were all right, but we only got a couple of draws out of the next three or four games. Um, there are so many issues. Let's do them sort of generally. Obviously, strikers are an issue, aren't they? Um, but yesterday, Jamie Mackey played very well. Um, is he the answer? If he plays like he did yesterday, then yeah. I think that was, that was the, the Mackey, I think, that we all expected when we signed him. And a lot of people, I think, uh, somebody who'd seen him play was sort of like, he's a, he's a better J- Danny Hilton, you know, in that he, he will chase all day. He's not, not exceptionally quick, not, you know, but he will put absolute effort in and will annoy the hell out of the centre-halves. And I think that yesterday was a really, really good, sort of demonstration of what he can do I just hope it wasn't a one-off if it's if it's how he can play for the rest of the season then I think we've then you know that that's going to be a real positive yeah absolutely I think the key I think the key with him as good as he was yesterday and, and he was um will be can he stay fit um obviously he's, he's got a little bit of history uh, a history of, of injuries um and and his, his age doesn't help him massively in his position but like yeah, if he can if he can perform like that every week, yeah, um, we've we've got the Jamie Mackey we thought we got in August. And it would be nice to see if he could transfer some of those skills because he's a lot smaller than our other two strikers. He's got less pace than our other two strikers. Yeah, you know, he hasn't got the the assets that they potentially have. If they can use it the way that he put himself about yesterday, then. Uh, you know, we've got a great kind of lesson of how to be that forward that we need. Well, especially as, it, like, yes, he's, he's not the fastest, as you say, Simon, but he he knows that about himself. And so yesterday in particular, as soon as they were shaping up to, to set that ball forward, well, about half an hour before the defender needed to run, Mackie started on his way and he was <laughs> he was there before the defender he knew he knew how to use that um and obviously we I think it went through a really odd situation um yesterday where we got called offside three times in a row and the the Plymouth fans were shouting lino which I should imagine makes the lino think oh maybe I've got it wrong <laughs> but um but as long as he does stay on side and, and he seemed to, on the whole, he, he's absolutely bossed it yesterday. And and despite what Derek Adams said in his 
post-match rant. Um, he didn't. He didn't uh, dictate that sending off. Um, what on earth that defender thought he was doing is beyond me because he he could have had a straight red for that. It was savage. And the first tackle that he did was, you know... It was the second he, elbow on... Well, yeah. it wasn't an elbow. It was like his, his forearm, wasn't it? It was his second time bringing down Marcus Brown. Mm. Um, I, yeah. I think what Mackie showed yesterday with that getting the guy sent off, and I, I kind of used the phrase getting him sent off because he, he could see the defender flying in and just waited for him and as soon as he started to make the tackle he just knocked the ball away and and took the foul it was real experience you know and I think that's something going back to to Mackey and his assets I think it's his experience you know he's he's played at a much higher level um, than we're at at the moment and I think having that experience is going to do us the world of good Uh, yes yeah um I think, I, I think get, that does help. he got into the defenders' heads as well, which is something. I mean, I saw somebody say on the um, on the forum afterwards, we haven't had somebody who can do that since. Ah, um, uh, what's his name? Maguire. Hilton. Maguire, that's the one. Right, you forgot Maguire. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think. I think. Uh, yeah, he absolutely did that, and we know that Holmes is capable of it as well because we've seen him do that against us, and and I think he has a little bit, but um, I think maybe those senior players have been been not necessarily focusing on their game because of how the squad's performing. They've been thinking, how can we get out of this mess? Um, which which is an issue, and and yes, we won yesterday, but we are still in a bit of a sticky situation, aren't we? Like We've got, obviously, a few games coming up against teams around us. Um, do we just... I think it was... Go on. It, it, was, it, was, it was very well typified by Sean Derry after the game, who said, uh, we don't get too low when we lose, and we don't get too high after a win. I think it's a perfect way to put it. As good as it was to win yesterday... And you know the, the draw the week before, um, so four points from six. I think we've got to stay grounded, um, not to the foot of the table, <laughs> stay grounded in ourselves, <laughs> um, and uh, and and just you know do what we do what we know that we're capable of. Um, I don't think we we want to get ahead of ourselves and say well we're going to absolutely smash it now, um, but. I think, yeah, it, it, we've got to just stay grounded and play our game. Like you say, we've got Bristol Rovers next week. Are they 20th or something? So yeah, around that. And it's, it's not it, great form-wise either with them. No. So, um, yeah, I think I think we've just got, to, just got to build from this now. I think he's found a hope. formation in the last couple of games, that 4-3-3, where he can fit in Massinho and Henry as well. They re- It really suits them and they... They're having a lot more involvement in the game in the right areas. Well, and they're two very yeah. experienced I mean, players there's... who can who who should be able to to sort of control the tempo of a game. It was great seeing Messina in. I mean, obviously, we we saw him mostly as a centre back last year, where that clearly really isn't his better position, no. is it? Um, you know, he's he looks so much more comfortable in that midfield role. Um, and and sort of protects the back four in in that job, but and does a really good job of it as well. But it, I felt a bit sorry for him because he came became a bit of a laughing stock last year, didn't he? It was every game; it was another error. Um, mind you, he did then take one of the best penalties I've ever seen at the, <laughs> at the end of the season. <laughs> so, 
Uh, yeah, that one on goal cam in particular, I absolutely loved it. Um, and it's just the stroll away after he's hit it. There's not really much of a celebration, just a, yeah, that's what I do, live with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was great. And and actually, I think um, he's he's in a good place because he's, he's a fair centre-back who will lose the ball once or twice a game. If he loses the ball once or twice a game in midfield, there are four people to mop that up. Whereas if he does it as a centre back, they're clean through. Um, so I, I think that I think it's ideal, and he spent most of his career doing that. Um, I don't know why he ended up centre back at Burton, uh, wh- whether it was down to injuries or whatever. But uh, I, I think he he looks a much better um, defensive central midfielder. He gives us um, a, that bit of physical presence in in central midfield that we've perhaps not got with with Baptiste or or Brannigan, not especially big players, not very tall, you know, and it, and it give, gives you an option or an additional sort of threat at set pieces. So you've got, you know, you've effectively three centre-halves and a centre-forward going up for, for for corners and that kind of thing, and defensive defensively as well. For set pieces, it's a, it's a benefit as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, well, interesting yesterday, uh, was that the first time one of our strikers has scored from open play in the league? Wow. Because that was something yeah. that... Really? Um, that was God. something Robinson said a few weeks ago. Anyway, um, it was always going to happen against Plymouth, I think. Going into that game, it was like, if it's going to happen, it's going to be against his former club. But then uh, to get Nelson scoring as well. I know, that's just spoiled for former players, wasn't cracking. it? Um, I enjoyed, because when, when we win, I enjoyed looking at the comments on the other team's Twitter thread. Um, and it was really... Uh, I found it quite funny to see Plymouth fans saying, did Mackey celebrate? And it's like, yes, he celebrated like he won the World Cup, which I think is maybe a slight exaggeration. But I, I think that's um, that's a sign of the fact that yesterday we performed how we should be performing. And and not just that, we've performed that way before. We performed that way at Sunderland, we performed that way at Wickham, and we got we got two points from those games. So to actually perform that way and get the result was the, the key thing, I think. Yeah, so I think in August none of us really knew uh, how you know how good we could be, um, but it was quite clear we had brought in quite a lot of good players, and it, yesterday it really felt like, and at Southend, it really felt like we were starting to see some of them, the players that we thought we'd brought in in August. You know, a lot of us started to doubt. I mean, I'm not saying I didn't, and everyone else did. I think we all started to think, what? Where are the players that we brought in in August? Um, but they're really. I mean, Marcus Brown yesterday, I thought, was, was, was fantastic. I mean, I know Robinson labelled him as the best player in League One after Sunderland. I don't know if he's, if he's definitely quite that yet, but I, he was, I thought he was superb yesterday. You know, Ricky Holmes was as, as good as he has been. Um, like Jamie Mackey, uh, you know, and I think it, it really looked like the team that we, we thought we had in August. Well, it's it's interesting. We've got the experience in. Um, well, we've talked about Mackie, but Holmes um, just mentioned Messinio. Just mentioned uh, McMahon's got that experience. I haven't seen anything yet that makes me think he's better than Norman. But I don't know how Norman's injury is. That's been sort of kept very quiet, and seems well, there's something yeah. else. I there. don't know about last week, but the 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 game on Tuesday, I believe it was. Uh, Head injury it was, or something. It was concussion, but yeah. he's now had the ten days, so yeah. it's down to down to something else. But in terms of the young players we've got, um, we obviously had Martin Martinez uh, last season, um, 
or the season before. It was the season before. Um, and we've had young players in the past that have gone up to the championship. But it's it's interesting with players like Gavin White and Marcus Brown to see players you think they, they'll be in the premiership at some point in their career and they'll be comfortable there. And and there is a noticeable difference between those players. As you say, Marcus Brown was great yesterday and that's on the back of an injury. Uh, he's not got 90 minutes yet, but he managed to give a real solid performance for 60. And what you notice with these players is Marcus Brown and and Gavin White and, and probably Mackie, not so much now, but maybe earlier in his career, they've got pace and they can read the game so well. A lot of players at our level and below need a lot of time to know what to do and... And and I know it's a completely different kettle of fish, but you notice that when we played Man City in the League Cup, the reason those players are at the top of the game is because they don't need any time to think about anything. They know exactly what they're doing all the time. Everything happens like clockwork. And you can see flashes of it in Marcus Brown. Um, and, and you can tell that like Ricky Holmes and, and Mackie have played at higher levels because they can read the game very quickly. Whereas... Some other players perhaps can't can't quite do that. I mean, you see that a lot in Shandon Baptiste as well. For someone of his age, he acts so quickly and and maybe a bit too quickly with his stud sometimes. But um, yeah, he he acts. You can tell they read the game a lot faster than a lot of other players. Yeah, there's there's an old saying, isn't there? The, the first sort of two or three yards are in your head. You know, if you've if you've anticipated or thought about what you're going to do, you're you're two or three yards ahead of the defender. Because you you've anticipated, I think that you're right. The, the likes of Mackie and White and, and Holmes are able to do that because they've got that sort of you know natural ability and great ability to be able to do it. You know, is it something? I guess it's something you can you can coach. But if it's if it's a natural ability as well, it just happens like you say. It's it's just sort of it come. It's like clockwork because it's so sort of it it comes easy. You're not having to think about what you're doing. Uh, obviously, we've talked about the players a lot and um, and about yesterday's win. So we'll we'll look at other issues in the squad um, more later in the podcast. But one thing that we've spoken about um, in the other podcast that we that we unfortunately weren't able to air um, was sort of the the backroom areas. So um, the irate manager on the touchline, which we didn't see as much yesterday, uh, and whether that was a conscious decision after. Um, perhaps being made to look a bit foolish in the week with some of his comments about Gavin White. Um, how do you feel about having a shouty manager who we've not really had since, uh, I think, the the C-bomb was there. He's now at Sheffield United, doing very well. Um, he just stood there with his arms folded. So did Waddock, so did Appleton, so did Pep. And now we've got somebody who shouts a lot. Uh, how do you think that that impacts the game? Um, I mean, it depends how. I think there are ways to do it, isn't there? You can, you can, you can display your emotion, I guess, with 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 how passionate you are on the touchline. But it can also, I think, be a dangerous thing if it translates to players' discipline and they it sets a tone that this is how we deal with everything. I mean, you know, this was going to come up on the podcast at some point today that. I thought Carl Robinson's comments in midweek were just bizarre. I mean, he I don't really think he thought as the Northern Ireland manager said, he might want to just think a bit more carefully before he voices his opinion on things like that because I don't think he meant it like this, but it's it almost has looked like he was having a go at White as well and saying, you know, oh, why why does he need to go there and and I know he wasn't, but 
what you never know what this is saying to Gavin White in his head. He's thinking, does my club manager not like that I'm here? Is it going to be awkward when I get back? Is he going to, as much as he might not mean that, surely that <laughs> there's going to be an element of that. Yeah, I think it was a really silly thing to say, and I I dare say lots of managers think similarly or do ask the question of the coach like are you going to play him because you know we could do with him with in the game i'm sure that sort of thing does happen you don't go public though you you don't no. do it well, of course that that was absolutely crazy it's something that you might think and and you like you say you don't make it public or you or you sort of rein it back in and and say you know i've asked about his availability is he going to play and can we have him but it's not really possible so good luck you you know you if if you want to say different things behind the scenes, fair enough. But you if you go public with it, you you're right, Fraser. You end up making you know you make yourself look silly. Well, didn't Map have a similar situation with Ledson, um, and sort of say we wouldn't want to stand in his way, um, even even if we could because it's a great opportunity. And Ledson, one of the times I'm sure, turned down the opportunity. Like it's just a, a better environment to be in, isn't it? Yeah, and it just surprised me because it's not as if. It's not as if Carl Robinson is in his first job in management. The guy, I think we mentioned on our last one that we didn't broadcast, that he's had 400 games in charge of competitive fixtures. It's not as if he's a novice to this industry. You know, I, I'm just surprised that he makes comments like that. And the, the, the response from the Northern Ireland manager was, I've got to say, was he really shut him up when he said, I guarantee when Oxford sell him one day, because I'm sure we will eventually, the first thing we're going to say to the buyer is, you know he's an international, don't you? Because that, because up goes the price, you know. And I thought, yes, yeah, that's that's quite a good response, actually. Yeah. Well, and it, um, it's not like he's like, oh right, he's taken a punt on him. He's he's played there before, admittedly only the once, and he scored. Like, of course, he gets given another chance. And and actually, this was the first weekend where we we only had one injured player that that couldn't play at all. That was Robbie Hall. The rest could get some minutes in. So we had plenty of a squad to choose from. Um, and and actually. Where do you put Gavin White on? Uh, well, Brannigan's out. I know that's not a direct replacement. Whether you put Carruthers in where Brannigan was, I, d- I don't know. But actually, the team sort of picked itself and it was a really strong team and it was perfect for the day. I don't know where you'd have played White on the day. And we've also got to accept that um, it's not as if we've had all our injuries now and that's it done for the season. They're going to happen again, you know. You've got to accept this reality that you can't keep having these tantrums when injuries happen. I'm afraid injuries are football. That That's going to happen, you know, and just accept it. <laughs> it's part of the game. Yeah, that was interesting, actually, um, it, on the Derek Adams issue. And, and I've said this um, to to sort of other, other Oxford fans and to my family when we're talking about football. Yes, we've had the injuries. Yes, we've had some some questionable refereeing decisions um, but the teams that go down, and, and we see this time and time again, last year, Berry were a good example. Everything that happened, oh, well, it's not our fault. If this happened, then we'd be fine. And if this happened, then we'd be fine. And it's not our fault, through to the point where it's too late. And if you keep on finding those excuses instead of just fighting against them, you are a team in trouble because you've got to come out fighting. Um, and that's that's most of the player interviews I haven't seen it in. Robinson doesn't think about what he's saying at all. He just the first thing that's in his head comes out, and I, I'm sure he's a better manager than he sounds. Um, but yesterday, Adam's response was, "We've had these injuries. 
it's not our fault. Now we've got a, a, um, a suspension to deal with, and that's because Mackie played the game well. It's not. It's not because of that. It's it's part of the game. Your player deserved to get sent off, and you've got to deal with it and fight against relegation. But to me, that when when they when managers constantly go on about injuries, it's bizarre because I, I mean I just said this a second ago, but they are part of the game. They don't the the game doesn't come without it. It'd be like saying. I drove my car 400 miles and it ran out of petrol. I'm, I've got to put more in. Well, that's part of <laughs> driving a car, I'm afraid. That You know, we all know this. It's not a new thing. I don't know why they keep going on about it. It's Why is this new to you? <laughs> I, I do think, though, when it comes to, you know, the emotion and things he shows, I mean, the interviews, whether you win, lose, whatever, but they're not great. But his emotion and things, if we were getting the results on the pitch, we wouldn't be picking holes in it as much as we have just like if he was sat there doing nothing if the results are coming then you don't say anything that's fine if there if you start losing and you are bottom of the league or whatever then it's why doesn't he show emotion you know i think the results are the the thing that we're upset about but the emotion and things is something to complain about. Yeah, and it's sort of like it's sort of like moaning at the the ticket sales team because we're not selling many tickets. Well, we're not selling many tickets because the results aren't coming in. And if the results are, are coming in, you don't need to sell the like the tickets will sell themselves. It is all about that in this sport. So regardless of the interview, you know you can put up with it if we're third <laughs> and you struggle a bit when we're well, I'm when sure we're those bottom. people you know Peterborough you know they've got Steve Evans in charge I'm sure they're not a lot of them aren't complaining about his antics at the moment but if they were down where we were they would be so it's absolutely I I am a bit di- well I'm a bit disappointed with a lot of our fans on social media because Twitter has become Facebook uh, and the forum's been that way for a while um, but to win yesterday and see so many people saying still get rid of Robinson, I, I just think that's crazy. Absolutely, I'm not happy with it, but I don't think that's the solution. Evidently, from the player interviews and the way the players played yesterday, he's not lost the dressing room at all. He may have lost the fans, but the fans have to support the team for 90 minutes, and, and it's and as simple as that. I think we have that. to be honest. Yeah, it, obviously it, it ticked over against Luton. And I think yeah, rightly so. But that was after we'd gone behind. We, yeah, we'd gone behind and Baptiste should have been taken off. <laughs> I can't say that enough. Enough, but um... That was one thing that um, Adams said yesterday about Mackie should have been sent off for persistent fouling. Um, look at your left back. Yeah, but then <laughs> he also said that um, Smith-Brown, um, it was... Did he say it was Holmes managed to get him booked somehow? And it was like, well, because he kept fouling, that's that's how. Uh, so, yes, we've talked about the manager, we've talked about the team. Uh, how about the board members? Because it's rumoured, well, in fact, we are getting someone in from Inter Milan, but we don't know, A, what capacity is coming in, and B, it should have been about a month ago. Um, Fraser, you've seen more of this in the Italian newspaper, I believe. What do you make of it? Is he buying the club or...? Oh well, the thing is, he that the only place I've seen that is in that Italian newspaper, um, where they reported he was taking over Oxford United. Now, that I and let, I might be wrong, but I haven't seen that anywhere else published. Someone saying that I've seen people say that 
is coming on board. Um, and to me, I think if it's only in that newspaper and some journalist at this newspaper heard that he was investing and and wrote it as he was taking over, what what difference does that make to an Italian you know, Italian reader, of uh, Italian sports fan, you know, what, uh, it, it won't be that bad if they've got that wrong. So I wouldn't trust that story until we hear that, you know, from a from a better source, because it, it won't matter that much to them if they get that detail incorrect. But, I mean, the interesting thing with this guy is if you, you and I, I've got no idea what his capacity is going to be when he gets here, um, if he gets here, but he he's, he's very, he's very wealthy, incredibly wealthy. I mean, his worth is like, one point two billion dollars or something. It was, I thought it was an eye raising amount of money. But I'm yeah, not. I'm not, I'm not saying that we're going to have. So. Yeah, I know. What's that about three quid or something? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I... yeah, so I, I'm not saying that we're going to suddenly have that much money in the transfer pot. But I think we need to know a lot, a lot more about what this is going to be before we can really have much of a valid opinion on it. I guess. Uh, it's interesting as well. His background, although. Yes, Inter Milan. He's also at DC United um, in America, MLS. And they, in his time there, they built a new stadium. And you do wonder whether, with the news that came out of the club last week, um, that they and the city council, county council, are looking at possible sites or, or potential you know, um, options on the ground. Um, that these guys coming in, the, 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 the two board members that have come in, um, one of them certainly has, has sort of construction background in, in the Far East, and then the, the guy Eric with his kind of football connections, but equally football connections with building stadiums. You do wonder whether there is something in, you know, in going on in the background that we're just not aware of that might, you know, might be wonderful. Or it might be awful. It, you know, we might end up with a new stadium, but the same problems with an awful landlord. We don't, you know, it, there's an awful lot that we don't know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's think... interesting that, yeah, the guys, people sort of talking about Tiger having no money. Well, he's got a lot more money than than, than a lot of uh, chairman. And he's also got people coming in with independent wealth. So, you know. It, and experience. Yeah. Yeah, so I did enjoy um, one of the one of the things I saw on Twitter about the the guy from Milan was an Italian saying, "Good luck. He's not even in the ten wealthiest men in the country." <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. I'll take because, the eleventh. Well, yeah, one of one of the best chairmen in recent history, and I think people are realizing it more and more now. Uh, was Daryl Eels, who you know what was it rumored he had thirty thirty mil? Well, if this guy's got one point two billion, then it's, that's a bit a bit better, isn't it? Um, the other yeah. good thing I saw was after the Oxford Mail article about the fact that Oxford United and the city council are working towards finding a, a place for um, for a new stadium. Someone responded saying, "Good luck getting the council on board for permission." But the council are on board. Read the article. <laughs> <If> you're gonna. <laughs> it the was story literally meeting. says that. <laughs> yeah. The things um, that I read about um, the Inter Milan guy. Can't remember how you pronounce his name. Uh, Inter Milan guy, I think. Inter Milan guy, fine. Yeah, I I read that he did try and um, bring a stadium to Inter Milan, but couldn't get it through. Um, And also, I believe he's got meetings. Something's telling me the twenty sixth of October is the the date with Inter, where there's a shareholders meeting or whatever, and then things will come to a head there. 
where I think he's going to sell it off to a Chinese firm or something. So presumably anything with us will happen in, in or, or around, around that date. The 20, uh, 125th <laughs> anniversary, which will be interesting, which we'll talk about um, in a few minutes. Uh, so on to upcoming fixtures. We've obviously got Rovers coming up, then Charlton and Shrewsbury. How many points do we get? Do we think we'll get from those three points? I'm always an optimistic seven. Matt's always a pessimistic four. Uh, so what do you think? I think five um, out of I'm those. Gonna... I think a, a, a win and and a couple of draws. I keep and keep try and keep clean sheets and and just avoid getting beaten and just sort of build on the last two games. I'm going to say five, and I think they're going to come exactly with what Simon says. I think we can. I think we can beat Rovers, um, and then and then two draws. Yeah, I think I think we, I think with the season we've had, we'd all be exceptionally happy with any of those, um, as as options. Obviously, happiest with seven, but we'll see if that if that comes to light. Uh, but we're we're four off two games, so if we get five of the next three. That's that's yeah. a pretty good. Um, Looking at the table, you can't help first. but feel we be, if we beat Rovers, then we could well be out of the relegation zone briefly. Mm. Well, I think that was <laughs> the big thing with yesterday. It's it's far too early to say that it's um, must win or season defining or anything like that. Well, I suppose it might be season defining, but we'll find out at the end of the season yeah. whether it was. I, the the biggest thing was from a psychological viewpoint. We could have been five, or was it four points beneath Plymouth? And as it is, yeah. we are three points from seventeenth, and that's that yeah. is such a difference. Mm. And and we've shattered Plymouth's confidence. And we've got teams coming up who are in and around it, so you get results against them. But it it, it is important that you do, as we saw yeah. yesterday. Mm. Um, and the big the biggest yeah. thing was for those ninety minutes, it didn't matter what fans thought about Robinson, about the the board. It didn't matter any, about any of that. They did stick by them. They mm. did support. And it was it was good to see, yeah, you had a few moaners, a few individuals, but you've, you've always got that, unfortunately. We've got people around us that come out with the most amazingly incorrect facts <laughs> uh, constantly uh, about, well, we haven't scored for 15 games now. <laughs> I don't know where you've got that from. <laughs> but... Um, uh, also, can I just say, uh, I I know everyone's entitled to their opinion, but Maynard scored, oh, he scored two for Berry today. So, he wasn't playing in the game that we were playing in, so he might not have scored for us. Oh, he scored yeah. one yesterday for, for Berry. Yeah, it's it's also a league below, let's not forget that. It's I mean, this is just the biggest form of shoulda, woulda, coulda indulging. Uh, who cares? Well, we didn't sign him, move on. Talking about, <laughs> and yeah. like you say, it's the league. It's the league below. Why, why are you getting so pent up about that? And it, the people saying that I've noticed are also the 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 big ones banging the drum to get Robinson out. But he, I'm pretty sure Robinson wanted to sign him. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it wasn't it wasn't it the ownership that said no, we're not going to get another one. So I, yeah, I think yeah. so. But, <laughs> but it's the same people saying we haven't got um, oh, we need a young forward. Well, Maynard's not that. Um, it, yeah. I, I don't know. It's just really odd. What I, what I always have wanted the club to do because I think it's because of the child in me. <laughs> I want to know who they want to sign, but it's not a nice place to be because we find out we're we're in for Houlihan and we find out that we're in for 
um, for Maynard, and we find, and then we don't get them, and you suddenly get that like, oh, well, that means that not everyone in the football league wants to play for Oxford, and that makes me sad. I'm surprised no, <laughs> not no, more people. I haven't seen any comments on Moat because because uh, he's doing he's well. doing incredibly well. Yeah. 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 I think there's also um, that, that kind of. Um, you were saying about you know why does not everybody support Oxford? Why does not everybody come here? It's but we're also our worst critic in the we you know the, if you listen to social media and the phonies we're the worst team in the history of football and we're rubbish and then you get a team like Plymouth who came yesterday who were sort of clearly worse than us and they and it's kind of oh oh well there are teams that are other teams that are shit we're not the only ones yeah. oh right ah okay and you know it's you also... look at the bottom of the table and we were other than Burton who are now 15th we everybody else in the, at the bottom of the table got beat yesterday we won you know it's it's th- those yeah. the teams you know Rovers Bradford Gillingham Wimbledon they'll all be whinging just as much as we have and equally they got beat yesterday all you know all of them I was absolutely stunned to see how many Plymouth fans are calling for Adam's head because anyone who's been trying to sort of say been on Robinson's side they've been very quiet about it mm. but they have said well Plymouth last season yeah. <laughs> well Derek Adams doesn't need to go I can do this he can say well I did this mm. so yeah. so the amount of fans that are calling for his head it, it I don't well, know. There I seems to be amazing. two views in Plymouth. One is that it's the manager's fault, and the other is that it's Brent's fault, who is their chairman, who is not popular at all. Well, he's put Adams on a five-year contract or something, hasn't he? Yeah. So that, there's a viewpoint there that he did that despite <laughs> um, the club when he leaves. Because I think I'll show these salad. bastard fans. <laughs> there was a point I yesterday love when conspiracy the, theories. There was a Plymouth substitution yesterday. And just sort of briefly after that, the fans were singing, you don't, you don't know what you're doing. You know, it, it's it's clear they've they've lost faith in him. So, like you say, you know, everyone was pointing to Plymouth's run last year. Well, you know, yeah, it, it's not. Hopefully we'll go on that, a similar run this year. Um, well, hopefully. But end, up, end up better the following season. I, I had forgotten that they had Ashley Smith-Brown. And when I saw him in the lineup yesterday, that is when I thought, oh, we're going to win this. Because mm. just because... When Plymouth signed him, I was um, I was actually rehearsing for a show and speaking to one of the technicians who was a Plymouth fan. And he went, oh, we've just signed this player you had last season. His name's Ashley Smith-Brown. And I said, well, you're getting relegated then. If you're, if you're <laughs> happy about that set, uh, as a signing, I'm sorry, yeah. but he is, he's not very good. And actually, I think they'd have been better had he got sent off. <laughs> He wasn't. I mean, he wasn't quite as useless as Isaac Buckley Ricketts, but he was in the ballpark. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They they were, they were. Between them, they almost made one player. <laughs> I think that's yeah. how I would describe them. Um, was it Buckley Ricketts who was subbed on and subbed off? Yes. Yeah. Oh, what a time! Yeah. What a time to be an Oxford yeah. fan. It's interesting <laughs> uh, changing the subject to checker trade, but you know we. There's that, oh, well, you know, the checker trade trophy needs to have under-23 and B teams in it because these players aren't getting decent sort of football. And you look and you think, well, Pep obviously is looking at his players, you know, because the two Man City lads we had were clearly not ready for first-team football. Um, so from seeing it from Pep's point of view, he's got a point. I don't agree with it because it, it, they shouldn't sort of have, like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of players on their books. They only you know, need that many. Um but it, it, 
it does sort of open up another point as, as to you know these youngsters who are coming through at academies a lot of them clearly aren't ready for first team football you know men's football if you like you know proper league football they, they at totally any unprepared. level yeah yeah at league two level they they would look unprepared i think can you uh can you talk to us about the 125th uh anniversary please yeah uh well the yellow army um are are organising a, a charity walk like we have done in the past. We're going to uh, walk this time from the Britannia Inn in Headington, which was where the uh, the club was founded 125 years ago. So that will be on the 27th of October, on, on the morning before the Shrewsbury game. Um, we'll be the pub will be opening about nine o'clock, um, and we'll set off on the walk about eleven, um, walking through yeah two hours, <laughs> two of hours in the first. pub yeah <laughs> well you know we're, we're, we're taking it back to the good old days of uh, when we were in the manor and you know a couple of hours in the pub beforehand so we're gonna walk walk from uh, from the britannia uh, to the kasam uh we're gonna raise money for the community trust and also oxfordshire mind um raising money for them and on both occasions that we've done these charity walks before we've won that particular game three nil uh, the game that that happened on the more you know on the on the day that we've done these charity walks so there's a bit of pressure on the club there to you know to keep that little bit of form going and win that one three nil um, but there's there's more information full information on the the yellow army website yellowarmy.co.uk um, so have a look on there if you want to join us let us know we'd love more more fans to come along raise as much money as we can for for two really good charities yeah, actually, Simon, uh, can I take this opportunity to um, to ask if I can take part? Is that all right? You can indeed, of course. You're more than welcome. Excellent. I'll join you as well. Brilliant. Fun. Thank you. Wonderful. Fraser, Fraser, looking over to you. Yeah, I'm in. I, I, I thought you could just turn up and do it. Have you got to tell no, you that you, you want to do you it? you can just turn up, but it would be helpful if we knew a rough idea of numbers. Uh, it just helps. Because of the, the buffet. Because of the, yeah, the, and the elf and safety. <laughs> <laughs> okay so um, uh, yeah if, right, yeah you know, i'm in i'm it, in, it I'm in. Yeah. So if you want to meet if you want to meet the uh fence End podcast team we'll all be there which i'm, so that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm sure you all do <laughs> um i don't know if Kath will be they? there who was obviously part of the original <laughs> but we should we should do a little mention for Kath because she's now the female fans she's the uh she's the assistant <laughs> Um, manager of the women's team. So well done, Kath. Oh, she doesn't listen to this, so we'll say congratulations, and then so she'll never. Well, hear we'll this. see if she does. If she goes, thanks, guys, on Twitter, which we fully expect, um, then <laughs> then she's listened to it. But in the meantime, hi, hi, Tim. Uh, that is all we've got time for, I'm afraid, on this podcast. So thanks for listening. Oh. And oh yeah, yeah, we should have like a dis- can you add in a sound effect? <laughs> oh. Yeah. oh. Um so, so thank you for listening and uh hopefully we will be back more regularly and hopefully we we'll, we shall win more regularly would be great. <laughs> um, <laughs> Otherwise you're not getting another one. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, it was a genuine, genuine error that it's been what two and a half months since the last one. But yeah, you know, we will ages. be back. But we, we think, yeah, we think we if this works. I think this one should have worked. Then we can do it. You know, by every couple of games. So yeah, yes. So fingers yeah. crossed for that. Uh, and thanks very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.